Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line triple option style, as always, on a football Friday. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons, and also a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. His buffs happen to be playing tonight, a little Friday Night Lights in the Palouse where I used to cover the Washington State Cougars. We'll right. get into that maybe a little bit later on in the program here, but we do have a fun show on deck for you guys over these next two hours. How about last night? What were you guys' kind of takeaways? I thought we were going to have one of the best it's, games on the yeah. Thursday night slate. Unfortunately, though, the biggest news, Joe Burrow getting out. He will be uh, out, I think, maybe for the foreseeable future. We'll find out later on with the MRI with this wrist injury. But the Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20. Let's put the Burrow news off to the side because I think we'll go heavy on that one. What were your guys' just initial thoughts watching the game last night, though? Um, well, initially, I was very concerned about Mark Andrews and the effect that's going to have on Baltimore going. I don't yeah. know. What are they talking about? It's an ankle or something. <laughs> to me, it looked like it was a neck. You know, he was grabbing his his, he his head. Yeah, he is that, yeah. I was concerned. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and Lamar came over, threw his helmet down. Right. You know, when he was laying on the ground, he knew immediately. Imme- yeah. Um, and then Burrow goes down. I mean, we were so excited for this game. <laughs> you know, the difference in Cincinnati or Baltimore winning this game is the difference for the division. I think the division's over. I think Baltimore has won this division with Deshaun Watson being out. I don't think Cleveland can get there. Um, Tomlin will work miracles to get to 10 wins or whatever he does every year. But I think Baltimore is going to win the division. Um, so it was disappointing from that aspect that we didn't get to see Burrow compete in this game because I think mm-hmm. it would have been a track meet. I think this game is 37, 34-31 one way or the other if he's still in the game. Yeah, this is uh, interesting how the numbers played out in this game. But I, First of all, did you shrug when he introduced me as a national champion? <laughs> Well, I think there's an asterisk. I think there should always be an asterisk. There should always be an I mean, they're at the fifth down. I mean, Louderback, great tennis coach, J.C. Oh, Louderback. Hey, oh, the field all, was here we bad. Go. There's the field always, was bad. There's the always, there's yeah, always now an Now we know the connection between Coach Mack and Harbaugh. We, under, we understand their ethics. Every, no, every year right. there's an asterisk. Talk about, can you talk about what he did at Rancho? Forget about that Colorado stuff. 
<laughs> but no, it, it's, it's uncanny. He's our national champion. I know. We got yeah. you, Brent. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. It's uncanny. That, see, I don't forget things. I notice a lot. Um, how these numbers play out. Like the last three weeks, Baltimore has been averaging about 34 points a game. Right? You look at, look at uh, the Bengals. Uh, the last three games, they've been averaging right around 20 points a game. And then defensively, the yeah. Bengals have been allowing a lot more points. And a lot of people aren't focused in on that. And uh, I, the Bengals are not a complete team when they don't have T. Higgins in the combination of him uh, and Jamar Chase for what they want to do and who they want to be offensively. So compromise that way in the beginning of the game, a short week compromise again. And then, okay, this, uh, this wrist injury. Uh, this mysterious injury right there. But uh, what your point, Mike, about Baltimore, they are a complete football team. Uh, I think even without Andrews, they're capable of getting deep into the playoffs, perhaps Super Bowl, because they have so much talent on, on that offensive side of the ball, and they keep finding guys. Uh, and then Harbaugh, the other Harbaugh, I mean, he does, <laughs> he does a great job of coaching this team. He knows everybody on this team. Uh, that, that was his job prior to becoming a head coach to know everybody as a, as a special teams coordinator. Uh, and he knows which buttons to push. Another guy who does that is Mike Tomlin, too. And, and that's why I call this division a culture division uh, yeah. because it's all about culture. It's all about standard. Uh, and they get these results year in and year out. But, but Baltimore is on to something right now. Yeah, Baltimore really impressive in the box score. 405 yards of offense, yeah. nearly seven yards per play. Six for 12 on third down is really impressive. Like mm -hmm. You get forced into that many third downs, and to convert half of them, usually you're going to win the football game when you do that. They go ahead and cover as four-point favorites uh, at home. Total was 45.5. It flew over. We finally got a primetime over yeah. to go ahead and cash. That was nice to see there for those who had, who had dabbled in betting that one there. It's been primetime unders. I mean, if you'd have just been jammed them all season, you probably – living in some resort or something like that. I think if you, you know, the injury is obviously the anomaly here to Burrow, right? Yep. But mm -hmm. I'm with you. In this division, if you take more than a field goal every time, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I just don't think anybody, because it's, throw every, all the rules out, throw the past mm -hmm. records out. These games always come down to one possession, to a kick. Right. And it probably would have as well. It's interesting now because the path to the playoffs for Cincinnati Right, you're looking at them oh, making this big yeah. comeback off of Burrow getting healthy. Could they win the division? Could they be a top two seed? And now you got to talk about: Are they going to be in the playoffs? Yeah, I think right now they're minus. It's a, it's a minus price for them to to miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So the favorite outcome will be for them to be on the outside looking in come January. And like, how could it not be? It's sitting at five and yeah. five. How know? about the Bills? They're two to one to make the playoffs. I mean, it's a dog to make the yes price to make the playoffs. We might have yeah. we might have a playoffs with no Burrow, right. no Josh Allen, no yeah. Herbert. Like this AFC thing, it's 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 wide open unless you look at the top where the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City. Which we can get in that conversation a little bit later. I do want to bring it back to though, obviously the big news from this game being Joe Burrow mm. with the wrist injury and this was one of those games that was sort of set up for live betting like going into the game I went ahead and I had the Bengals plus four I also had some Bengals on the money line just because I like this as a field goal kind of game it's AFC North mm -hmm. battle they're always close games like Mike alluded to but when you see the, the the broadcast cut to Burrow on the sidelines and he can barely grip the football, yeah. shakes his head, pounds the ground, and that was time for me to say, so nice. let me load into my app real quick and get as much Ravens as I can get because as a position of Bengals plus four, I didn't want that anymore. Mm -hmm. I went ahead and bet the Ravens laying one and a half and two and a half in the game just because you knew that he was not coming back. It was based on him and his inability to grip the football yeah. there. No, I mean, I, I think, so the investigation about the wrist, right? Yes. The league's going to do that. Uh, go back to the previous game where he hurt his finger. Uh, he was trying to grip the ball there, too. There was some blood and everything like that, but uh, there was no indication that he hurt, had hurt his wrist. 
Now, when you step foot in a training room, if you get a, a bag of ice, you're going to end up on an injury report, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's supposed to happen. Now, I don't know if he went into on a short week, if he even stepped foot into the training room. Uh, he probably didn't even practice, uh, did walkthroughs as, as normal people do or normal teams do when you're getting ready for a short week or a Thursday night game. So I don't know if there was time to report anything or to treat anything. Maybe he thought it would feel better. Uh, or he slipped down some stairs <laughs> or something like that, right? And yeah. hurt his wrist. And he I mean, braced himself. Yeah, yeah. sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, and that could be the excuse. I mean, Zach Taylor's already said he didn't have any idea what happened there. So um, it, it's fascinating. I think from a betting standpoint, Femi, if you knew that he had a wrist injury, though, going into it, would you have been confident about the Bengals going into that game, though? I mean, obviously, hindsight is always twenty twenty, yeah. and we have video for our viewing audience of it right now. This was when the Bengals arrived, I believe, the day before, mm-hmm. and he has some sort of, I don't know if it's a cast or a soft wrap. Something is on his throwing hand on his right wrist there as he's trying to pick up a bag there. I don't, like, to me, I thought Burrow was healthy, and if you're going to give me a healthy Burrow, this should be like a field goal spread, like right. a three-point spread. Right. If Burrow was compromised, mm-hmm. I could then understand why this was north of a field goal. So, okay, Ravens three and a half, Ravens four, that makes sense. Maybe I don't bet the game. So yeah. I do think that I would have probably passed on the Cincinnati side had I known that Burrow was a little bit compromised going in. And that's why the NFL is investigating, right? Launching yeah. an investigation on that. I mean, as he reached down, he was reaching down with his left hand. He <laughs> wasn't even going to pick up uh, his luggage with the right hand or whatever bag that was with his right hand. So... He did have an injury, and, and the fact that I don't know if anybody covered it up or if he slipped down some stairs on the way to the game, who knows? Uh, but but uh, the NFL is launching that investigation just based on the fact of the integrity of the game situation. Uh, when, when I was on with, with Tim last night, Tim Murray, the first I saw of it was Britain showed it to us at the top of the show, the, the soft cast coming off the plane. Mm-hmm. And I thought about asking you this when I saw you tomorrow morning. Now, mm-hmm. it was a different era, and there were no partnerships with betting organizations. <laughs> but how, you played for three different organizations. Yeah. Were they wildly different in how fastidious they were in reporting injuries, or was it pretty uniform across the no, board? No, not uniform at all. Yeah. I mean, we would conceal, <laughs> people would conceal injuries all the time. Um, uh, we had quarterbacks taking shots before the game to deaden their ribs because they didn't want people to know that they had a ribs situation. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times, too, when, when they say the quarterback's the first one in the building, uh, a quarterback could be in the treatment room, too, yeah. right? Uh, but they don't want to report that. But it's, it's different now um, uh, because of the alignment uh, with sports betting, uh, the partners that the, that the league has. And, and certainly, you know, the designation uh, of a player, uh, they have to know that based on those injury reports. They have to release that information. I, well, I was interested this morning. You know, I don't watch, but I was up. I was helping my wife with some, some school stuff. And... You know, I was watching, I had on in the background the TV, the Boomer show, right? And here's a guy, and the first thing he's talking about is, you get, this is, this is going to be a big investigation. Yeah. You've got, and this is not a betting guy, right? Boomer's not a betting, but the emphasis the league has placed on gambling, this is, this is a huge issue. It's integrity of the yeah. game. It's, that's the shield. Yeah. Yep. That's the whole shield that the league has, has built their league on, basically, integrity of the game. And, uh, and so, yeah, they're not going to take this lightly. Well, we do have soundbite from Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, last night after their loss to the Baltimore Ravens, talking about what they knew about this Burrow injury going in and what they know going forward. Here's what Taylor had to say. Uh, it looked like he sprained his wrist, so fell on it early in the game and then felt it on the touchdown pass. Have you heard it all before tonight? Not that I'm aware of. Do you think he can come back, can come back this year? I, I have no idea. I, uh, all the information I have is, is two seconds worth. And then we went to go try to find to win the game. 
There was a lot made on social media about something that Burrow was wearing on his wrist, getting off the the. That was the first I saw anything about it. Back to that. So, did you feel good about Burrow coming in until he? Absolutely. I mean, watch how he played in the first half. He he did everything we needed him to do. <laughs> the irony of that soundbite and that clip for the viewing audience and for those who are just listening, I'll explain it to them, is that obviously the backdrop has the Bengals logo, but also has the logo of a sports book <laughs> right behind him as well. And right. he's saying all this like, oh, I didn't know. I mean, how did you not know that he had something on his throwing hand and you're the head coach of the team? Like, are we buying that? Is well, that possible? Is, is it, it possible? Um, no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. There's no I, way. I mean, you know, the whole logistics of traveling anyway, right? Um you're going to know, you're going to go up to a guy, how you feeling, that kind of thing. Uh, you're going you're gonna to look at people uh, on the plane, on the bus, and all that stuff, and someone's going to tell you, hey, Pearl's got something on his wrist, right? <laughs> yeah. You're the head coach. I mean, I, I don't know. We're going to talk more about this yeah. on the other side because there's a lot more meat left on the bone here. Uh, I don't know about Joe Burrow's wrist bone, but uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. This is the Lombardi line. Just getting warmed up here on a football Friday. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Drink responsibly, be 21. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on a football Friday. Femi Bebfe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard hanging out here at the Circle Resort and Casino. And joining us now, it's our buddy. We had him on last month. Always electric when we have the one and only Tank Williams on, former NFL DB, now NFL and college football analyst. Tank, we appreciate you taking the time as always. Before we get into this weekend's games, let's talk about last mm-hmm. night, Thursday Night Football, Bengals, Ravens, obviously Burrow banged up. He gets knocked out of the game with the wrist injury. Mark Andrews, he leaves the game with the ankle injury. Done for the season is what head coach John Harbaugh is saying. Uh, what were your kind of takeaways from this game with the Ravens winning 34-20? to 20? I mean, it's unfortunate we'll have to deal with those injuries, especially when you lose high-profile players like that who make such an impact to their teams, not only in the game last night, but moving forward as they try to make the playoffs and then try to secure a championship. So, hate to see that. Hopefully, Burrow can bounce back quickly. No, Andrews isn't. But I think what we've seen from that Baltimore Ravens offense is that they can be multi. And that means that they don't really have to depend on just Mark Andrews. Odell Beckham Jr. starting to flash in the past game. We've already seen that Zay Flowers is electric. They have a couple backs that could do different different things, whether it's the Gus bus in the red zone, the key Mitchell getting these splash plays from the middle of the field. And so when I think of that Baltimore Ravens offense, especially if Lamar is healthy and that ankle doesn't bother him too much, they're going to be hard to stop. But the one thing you look at at the Ravens defense, I mean, they still gave up a lot of yardage in the run game to a Cincinnati team that really hasn't been running the ball that effectively. So that's going to come in to some issues as they face some of these other more formidable offenses coming down the stretch. But I feel good about the Ravens. A lot of uncertainty surrounding the Bengals until we find out some more information on Joe Burrow. Tank, you're a Pac-10 legend, um, and all eyes are going to be on Corvallis this weekend for the big showdown. Yeah. You've got an undefeated team, an undefeated team in Washington, a top three Heisman candidate in Michael Penix, and they are catching points at Oregon State this mm-hmm. weekend. Line moved yesterday, two and a mm-hmm. half down to one. Pick in some places. It's kind of settled in at one. Your outlook on this game. Uh, did you see what those Beavers did to my Stanford Cardinal last week? You convinced so, me to take the 21 and a half on Saturday. Hey, yo, yo, I, I, hey, trust me, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming at all the way that they performed against Washington, man. So, trust me, if I saw that score, Washington saw the score too. So, say, for example, if my Stanford Cardinal played Oregon State tough, then it may be one thing where uh, Washington can maybe overlook them, but I don't think they overlook them in this game. So that's why I do a little SGP action in this one. I would do Washington money line, and I would take the over 53 and a half points. That gives you plus 145, and that's at bet MGM. Just because I feel confident that Washington, they play some close games. When you see the way that Oregon State plays at home, they understand it's a tough environment to play in. I don't think they're going to come in, you know, trying to take – I don't think they're going to come in just – you know, slighting these guys. They understand that they're going to be a tough team. I get. I think uh, Washington gets the dub. Tank, man, you're going to get a lot of heat because you started all this uh, with Colorado and mm. the losing streak. Uh, <laughs> so not only you gave some advice to Mike uh, Palm over here, uh, you caused my bus to go on this losing streak. It's a free fall. <laughs> free fall. Okay, thank you very much, fam. Um, but, but still respect the hell out of you and what's your thoughts uh, on Georgia, Tennessee? Uh, man. Georgia, there's some dogs, man. It seems like the college football committee, they finally got it right where they have Georgia's number one team. Because I, I understand when Brock Bowers got hurt, people were saying, like, okay, they may not be able to get it together offensively. That offense actually started clicking on all cylinders before Brock Bowers came back. And now that he's come back, I mean, they're just a damn juggernaut. Yeah. So when I look at the way that Missouri manhandled Tennessee last week and the way that Georgia battled Missouri, I mean, that was a good game, but Georgia pulled away at the end. Clearly, Georgia is the better football team. So I would go Georgia money line mm. and then I would also take well actually I'm gonna go Georgia win 
winning halftime and full time. And I would say uh, over 48 and a half points, then that would give you plus 100. So you get plus money for a thing that you expect to occur. Georgia to win first half, second half, and, you know, get some points because, I mean, I feel like their offense is just clicking on all cylinders. Georgia looks pretty good there. Yeah. Carson Beck feels like he's kind of found himself the quarterback mm-hmm. there for the Bulldogs. We're hanging yeah. out with Tank Williams, college football and NFL analyst. Tank, let's talk a little bit of NFL. Next Monday night is the Super Bowl rematch. Everyone's been looking forward to this one since the schedule came out. They're Eagles at the Chiefs. Right now, it's Kansas City, two-and-a-half-point favorites on DraftKings, total 45-and-a-half. Do you have a play in how you kind of want to attack this Super Bowl rematch here between the Eagles and Chiefs? Uh, honestly, I have no idea how this one's going to play out right now because I feel like both teams are playing good ball right now. We saw the way that the Kansas City Chiefs played against Miami across the pond, and then the Eagles have gotten some tough wins before they went into their bye week. I think when I look at it, there's definitely an advantage going against that Philadelphia pass defense. And so then when I, if, I can get, uh, if I can get some props on uh, Travis Kelsey or more specifically, I think you probably get some better eyes at Rasheed Rice I really don't see what his uh, number is right now for receiving yards. Let me check it out right now. But it's over 42 and a half. I feel confident that they're getting him more integrated into that offense. And that I, will, I will feel comfortable taking that at minus 115 at MGM. Rasheed Rice over 42 and a half. And then maybe even a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. We know that they like to have him shine in the bright lights going against his brother. They're going to be playing up to the Taylor Swift narrative and all that. So I think that may be easy money as well. But when I do the anytime touchdowns, especially if it's going to be heavily favored, like say if it's minus this money because it's a guy like Travis Kelsey. I like to take the SGP approach and do it with another prop that I feel is highly likely to hit. Tank, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan accepted his quote suspension. Mm-hmm. Three Saturdays, I call it. Um, and I think they're counting their lucky stars in doing so. I want to get your perspective. I'd ask Mike Pritchard, but you played more in the modern college game. <laughs> I want to get your perspective on what effect right. this is, will this really have next week in Ann Arbor when they play Ohio State? Does this put Michigan at any sort of a disadvantage? He coaches all week, but he can't be on the sideline on Saturday. Uh, I believe there's something to be said for having your head coach on the field if it's going to be a close game with a lot on the line and making these tough decisions in crucial moments. Uh, That being said, I think that Michigan is the better team. I think they have the more competent, more seasoned quarterback. I think that their defense is better, and I think that they'll be able to lean heavily on that run game. And when I look at it from that standpoint, I think Ohio State will probably keep it a little bit close. And if Michigan can't keep the lid on Marvin Harrison Jr., then that just throws everything out. But I think if they can contain him and then play ball control and just get out there with a victory, um, they'll be setting themselves up nice going into the college football playoff. I feel like they're the better team. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, you, you know, Tank, uh, going back to the National Football League, too, because I'm curious, Film, and he's been spot on with his assessment of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on this matchup because Tennessee, I don't, I don't know if they have anything left, right? Uh, but your thoughts on, on what's going on with the Titans and, and can they get inside this number? It's at seven uh, right now against Jacksonville. You know, I tried to call my Titans out on a number of occasions, and they responded well. I mean, especially to Will Levis being inserted into that offense. And I think they feel like they have a chance to win now with Will Levis at quarterback because he'll be able to push the ball downfield a little bit better than what Tannehill was doing uh, before he got injured. So from that being said, it's always going to be a heated rivalry whenever the Titans play the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you're going to get a heavy dose of uh, King Henry. The only thing that 
is not in favor of the Tennessee Titans is this. Like, San Francisco went up to Jacksonville, and they waxed that. Yeah. And so when you come off a bad <laughs> loss like that, you know the team's going to be motivated to get that nasty taste out of their mouth. So I expect Jacksonville to come out, play well this week. I expect Jacksonville to get the win and try to get back on track because you just don't get embarrassed by a team like San Francisco like that where they whip you in all three phases of the game. Mm-hmm. They're going to come out with their hair on fire against the Titans. Tank, we got a couple minutes left, and kind of to that point there, because I think a lot of people think Jacksonville's in this conversation, but Cleveland, they just lost their quarterback to Sean Watson for the rest of the season. Like, Who do you ultimately see being the biggest challenger to Kansas City? Because as it stands right now, Cincinnati, Buffalo, the Chargers, all those teams are currently on the outside looking in of the AFC playoff picture. I have zero confidence in Buffalo right now unless they show me something different. I don't think Ken Dorsey was the issue. I mean, he definitely wasn't helping the situation. But uh, I think when I look at it, I mean, we can talk about how the Miami Dolphins haven't beaten a good team yet. But as bad as they played across the pond against Kansas City, they were right in it at the end of the game. They had the opportunity to try to push it to overtime. So don't sleep on the Miami Dolphins. I think another team that I was talking up the past few weeks before a lot of people just kind of hopped on the wagon was the Houston Texans. Like, like C.J. Stroud, man, that dude's been playing phenomenal football from the very start. And when you beat a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, and that was when Joe Burrow and all those guys were healthy, I mean, I think they've shown that they're capable of playing with any team in the league. And especially, like, if you're colorblind and you look at that defense, it may resemble the San Francisco 49ers defense. If you go back and look at that Cincinnati tape, like, they was on Joe Burrow's ass like some brake lights. And so I really like what he's doing on both sides of the ball. And I think that Houston's going to be something to look out for, for sure, in AFC. All right. He is Tank Williams, former NFL DB, now NFL and college football analyst. Tank, we appreciate the analysis each and every time you come on the Lombardi Land, man. Be well. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, if my Stanford Cardinal get beat by Cal, I'm going to just say that y'all are the jinx. We're jinxing each other. That's I what know. we're doing. Yeah, on the have, they, have they won since Tank's last appearance? Yeah. They, oh, oh, yeah, they beat uh, who they? No, they beat someone. Yeah, they beat someone. Didn't Washington they? State. No, they play Washington State tonight. Okay, who they beat? Who did Washington State know. lose to? We'll figure it they out. Doing it we'll figure it out doing they that. Get, they get Notre Dame next week. That's all I know. <laughs> By the way, one. listen to your elders, Mike Palm. I mean, I, I might be. You're four years older than me. I might be. Okay, I might be four years I might be further removed, but I have a lot of knowledge. But some modern NFL when we come back. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Vegas. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino. And joining us now, college football writer for CBS Sports, the one and only Barrett Salee, who will be joining us as we discuss all the happenings in the world of college football. And Barrett, we will start off. Thank you for joining us, by the way. We'll start off with the Michigan Wolverines because they've made enough news over this last month or so. (laughs) Uh, Today it comes out Yahoo sports reporter Dan Wetzel announces or reports, I should say, that a Michigan fired an assistant coach. Uh, Of course, Harbaugh went ahead and accepted the three game suspension. Do you think that now that we believe that this is over, at least in the interim, the NCAA still has to continue their investigation, but in the interim, this feels like it's over. Can Michigan just go back to focusing on football, and how do you think that this kind of affects them the final two weeks of the regular season? 
No, it's not over. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the NCAA seems to be moving pretty fast on all of this. Uh, they were on campus this week talking to players, talking to uh, coaches, talking to administrators about it. So, uh, no, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. I think things are moving quickly. And, um, you know, the Big Ten felt compelled like they had to do something. Um, and, and they did. And I think Michigan at the time was frustrated about it. And then this week when all this uh, uh, this stuff with uh, Uncle T and, and all that, with Chris Partridge as well, started coming out, um, they accepted their fate with uh, Jim Harbaugh. And I think they're expecting uh, much more uh, in, I wouldn't say coming weeks or months, but maybe, you know, towards the end of the 2024 season, um, just because the NCAA takes so long to do anything. But, yeah, there's more to it. As far as distraction. I didn't think it would be much of a distraction, but now with Chris Partridge being fired today, um, you know, and, and, you know, kind of now that we know that the players have, you know, been, been interrogated, so to speak on this. Uh, yeah. It might be a distraction. This is a dangerous Maryland team this week. Uh, if, if things were moving slower, I don't think the players would care, but for everybody around that, that program, this has become a distraction because it's just simply taking preparation time away from them right now. Barrett, let's talk about head coaching news uh, in College Station. Jimbo's out, and in some places you can bet who will be the next Aggies head coach. Rumors are that UTSA's Jeff Trailer has is interviewing for the job. I, I signaled on him as one of the top candidates to begin with. Texas Roots, he's won everywhere he's went. Coached on Charlie Strong's staff at Texas. But how serious of a candidate is he if he's a reach for an AD, if it doesn't work out and you lose your job there, no, he's a he's a very much a candidate uh, and a very a very high candidate too because he's he's the anti Jumbo Fisher and uh, I say that because he's a he's flexible but b the high, you mentioned the high school stuff uh, Jimbo Fisher like actively avoided high school coaches in the state of Texas like he didn't want anything to do with it and you know in some states okay in Florida I think you could probably get away with that in the state of Florida. At Texas, you can't. Like, you you can't. And to avoid the, the high school coaches' association convention multiple times, that is, that is so far gone from what any major college or even small college coach uh, needs to do. So uh, Jeff obviously has um, plenty of experience with that. He was one of those guys. He's very involved in that organization. And on top of that, he's, he's a really good coach. That UTSA program kind of got off to a slow start, but now they're back on, uh, back on track and, and really what they've been under him for the last couple of years. So, yeah, he's up there. Uh, I do think things are moving very, very fast. I know that there was not a candidate in mind when Jimbo was fired. They're running a true search, and they're running it quickly, like you said. Um, trailer uh, was interviewed on Tuesday. Um, I would imagine – they're going to talk to a lot of other uh, candidates very quickly as well. Uh, might have already done some behind-the-scenes work if they haven't directly talked to some candidates. So it's happening quick. But if it's trailer, that's that's fine. That's good. That's exactly what they need to do. You know, Barry, I'm curious because, you know, behind the scenes, meaning maybe talking to an agent or two for these coaches, but the, the poaching nature of college football, we see it all the time, whether it's a transfer portal or not, or or in my case, uh, Mel Tucker being poached from uh, Colorado <laughs> to Michigan State, right, as he's talking to boosters, by the way. Um, I, I, I don't know. The, the poaching nature and, and the comfort of that within college football, I, I just wonder, and you just said that they didn't have anybody in mind, 
but then you have these boosters everybody just friends of the program it's like okay wh who do they have in mind is it is it a high profile situation or, or is this like you were just talking about with utsa well it better not be a high profile situation for texas a&m because that didn't work out well last time so and, and i think ross bjork their ad knows that and i think honestly the the small group of boosters that are sort of um, involved in all of this understand that too. Uh, they may not necessarily agree on a name yet, but they, the direction is there. Um, and as far as poaching, you know, I think it's funny because in, in years past, you know, if, if UTSA's coach interviews at Texas A&M with two weeks left in the season, that's a big no-no, right? Like that, UTSA would be mad about that. But now I think it's one of those things with the transfer portal coming up, you know, right after the end of, of championship weekend where, okay, if, if school X is tampering with my coach, well, how mad can you get? Cause you're probably going to have to do that too in the near future. Right. So yeah. um, it's a new, it's a new era right now. So it's interesting that, that all this stuff is happening, but um, that's just uh, the evolving nature of our sport, I guess. Yeah. We're speaking with Barrett Salee, college football writer for CBS Sports. Barrett, last time we had you on, we asked you about the Heisman Trophy. Now we have two weeks left here in the regular season. I know you are a Heisman voter, and you're not allowed to say who you would vote for uh, or who you're going to vote for in the, in the next couple of weeks here. But if you had to vote right now, and obviously the four contending guys, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, I guess right now with two weeks left, I think who do you think is leading the Heisman Trophy race at least? I think it's Jaden Daniels, uh, and and I know that uh, I think he's what second in odds right now, and, yep. and, and Penix is, is number one. Uh, so you know, I I still think it's Jaden Daniels. I know those odds say differently, but with what Jaden Daniels was able to do yesterday or like yesterday last week, no one's ever been able to do that. And I think that caught the attention of, of voters because a lot of voters do not pay attention to college football on an hour to hour basis. You know, they're regional sports writers or, or TV guys or radio hosts or, you know, national folks that, are, you know, have NBA or whatever. Again, that's fine. Don't get me wrong. That's fine. But those numbers jumped out, right? Those, those numbers are going to get the attention of everybody, whereas Michael Penix is, is just sort of an awesome player in their mind, Right. Um, and I love Michael. Like, he's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But I think a lot of voters right now, anyway, if they had to cast their ballots, Jaden Daniels would probably be that guy because of recency bias. The thing about it, though, is it flips around at the end of the season because Jaden Daniels isn't playing on championship Saturday. So um, right now, I'd say if, if voters submitted their ballots, Jaden Daniels would probably win. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case at the end of the season when all is said and done. Uh, but right now, if I had a ballot, and I'm, look, I, I'm not playing recency bias because I know all about this stuff. I follow it on a minute-by-minute minute basis. I still would vote for Jaden Daniels at this point. You know, Barrett, for the most part, um, it, it's, it's like for the marquee matchups, we all know what they are. Um, it, it's like that bye week situation too in college football with a lot of these matchups. You mean um, in the SEC? In the SEC, I'll be here. Oh, Thank you, Femi. <laughs> but, but Barrett, you, anybody on upset alert uh, for you and, and for us uh, this week? Well, Oregon State, because Oregon State's favorite against Washington. So, uh, yes, definitely Oregon State. I would, uh, I would put them on upset alert. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, honestly, you guys are out in Vegas. Can you, can you guys explain why that hasn't moved? Because I would love your, your perspective on that. 
Well, it did. There has been some movement. This game was two and a half at one point yesterday, down to a pick in some spots, and then settled. Settled. Yeah. Then came back and settled at one today. So some spots are at one, one and a half. But there was Washington money yesterday. That's good. Well, okay, that's good then, because I I think that's going to be um, I think Washington's going to win that game by double digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, maybe my Oregon State pick is not going to or is not going to be an upset alert by the end of the uh, end of the day. But uh, you know, to me, I would say one to keep an eye on that I don't necessarily people are paying close attention to is Missouri. Um, you know, Florida's well, I don't know where it is right now, but I think it was like ten or eleven or whatever yesterday. Um, Missouri's kind of feeling itself right now. And while I love Eli Drinkwitz, and we have him on our show on SiriusXM all the time, I love that dude. This is classic letdown, and it's also desperation for Florida. And you have to be, you have to worry about a desperate Florida team, especially when you look at how they. Graham Mertz has been really, really good at quarterback all year long. It hasn't changed, and they do have the ability to play up to their competition, like they did, um, you know, against Tennessee. They shouldn't have beat Tennessee. But they they dominated, and so we know that's there. We just have to see it. So I'd say Florida, uh, Florida, Missouri might be one. All right, right now Missouri a twelve and a half point favorite uh, in some spots here, a total at fifty seven. He is Barrett Slee. Check out all of his work, college football writer over on CBS Sports at Barrett Slee on Twitter. Uh, Barrett, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, y'all. Have a good one. Awesome. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. It's the Lombardi Line on the DK Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. So you see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard, as we're wrapping things up here on a football Friday. Thank you to our two guests, by the way. Tank Williams joined us, NFL and college football betting analyst. And also thank you to Barrett Salee, who joined us in the last segment, college football writer for CBS Sports. But we thought we were going to talk about the remaining NFL slate, but we have to get to the breaking news in the National Football League. And it's the story that we talked about at the beginning of our program. Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals. All reports out there now saying Joe Burrow is done for the remainder of the season with a wrist injury. It's a torn ligament in the right wrist for Joe Burrow. He had the MRI this morning. It will now be Jake Browning, who's starting for the Cincinnati Bengals going forward. But more importantly, Joe Burrow, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, probably the second best QB behind Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, done for the year. Your guys' kind of initial reaction to that. It's more bad news for fans, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe if you're a Baltimore fan or you're a Pittsburgh or Cleveland fan, it's it's good, or you're a Denver Bronco and all these peripheral playoff teams. But it's bad because we, we all agree the quarterback play has been down. And I agree. I had to rank these for for a list. I had him number two. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had Lamar Jackson number three. The, the list was for where do you rank Josh Allen now. But I, I did. And... Um, I mean, his performance and their performance at San Francisco a couple of weeks ago was probably the best game of the year anyone's played. Um, so it's a shame that he's going to be out because yeah. the quality of the, it goes down, but it more opens up from a futures perspective, the AFC playoff picture. Yeah, it really does. Uh, first of all, um, enough with the quarterbacks or, or the softness of preseason. Um, <clears throat> these teams are so afraid of these guys getting hurt when these guys getting hurt. Um, iron sharpens iron, you know, and... I think I think as a professional athlete, especially in football, you have to go through it. You have to learn how to fall. You got to learn how to take a hit prior to just trying to ramp it up in, in regular season. So enough of that. Um, and it is unfortunate. It's, it's it's a it's a blow to the fans, like you said, uh, Mike. Uh, you know, Burrow and so much has been made of how many times he's been hit over his career too. Uh, I get that, um, but you just don't want to see these type of players get injured and affect a, a team in, in a season. Like, when they're entertaining signing Joe Flacco, then you knew they do. They thought it was something significant anyway. Um, but here we go with really the bottom of the barrel with a lot of these teams uh, in terms of trying to keep their seasons alive. Uh, so I think the league's going to have to address that, uh, certainly. Uh, I think coaches are going to have to take a different tact, a different mission in preseason trying to get their players ready. Uh, but no, it is highly unfortunate that he goes down. Uh, we're not going to be able to see him for the remaining in a year. I do want to get to that point that you bring up from a league-wide standpoint, but this was from Zach Taylor at the press conference earlier this afternoon. He said, quote, this season is far from over. I mean, what else is he going to say at that <laughs> point there? Uh, he did say that it, this was on the injury happened when Jadavian Clowney tackled him, which appeared to be kind of a normal tackle for Joe Burrow there, kind of an innocuous play there. Uh, Taylor then said that it was most likely that Burrow hurt his hand the play before the TD pass, which was that play where Jadavian ta- uh, Clowney tackled him. But get this, though. The list of significant injuries for quarterbacks, Adam Schefter just tweeted this out moments ago, saying that Joe Burrow, obviously with the wrist, 
Deshaun Watson with the shoulder injury. That was just a couple days ago. Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles in the win against the Green Bay Packers. Daniel Jones torn ACL. Anthony Richardson, his shoulder injury, the promising rookie for the Colts. And then, of course, the whole season started with Aaron Rodgers, Monday Night Football. We were all excited. Four plays in, tears his Achilles. I mean, like this has been a lot of devastating blows here to where it's like the quarterbacks are the most valuable players, the most impactful players to point spreads from a betting standpoint. But for these teams and like if you have for futures bets, like this is a pretty big injury, as, sig- as significant an injury as we've seen since obviously Rodgers tearing his Achilles on opening night, Monday night football. They've, they've designed all the rules to protect these guys, right? All of can't, them. <laughs> can't hit them anywhere around right. the knee. Nope. You can't hit them up here. I mean, nope. even even you get these hits up high. They don't mm-hmm. even the helmet. Yeah. They're going to call that stuff. Can't you land can't on land them. them. Can't land on How them. about the referee said he's, you've got to roll your body up. Roll your body you up. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's not physics. It's, right. I mean, you can't. But it, still, to your point, you make a great argument about the lack of preparation in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know how you play the game of football without getting hit. I mean... Um, it, it's a violent sport. We know that. Um, and you, you know, and, and preseason, as a player, you know it's not as amped up as a regular season. And, and so freakish things can happen. They can happen in practice. We get that. But this, this charming tissue around a quarterback position in preseason, it bugs me. Uh, because you, you think about trying to just get ready and then the fact that now we're down to backup quality play. Uh, you know, if you really are following quarterbacks, so okay, you know, Patrick Mahomes looks great. You know, win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes again. Um, or, or if you're looking at, you know, Jalen Hurts, Femi brought up the point that he might be banged up, uh-huh. but yet he's playing through this. Dak Prescott, I mean, I, I don't know who are the elite, elite quarterbacks other than the obvious right now. Maybe that makes it easier for you as a better. For the AFC North, because I was going to bring this up while we were talking about it, but we got sidetracked to start the show. The Ravens, prior to this announcement, were about minus 190 to win the division over at DraftKings. Now they're minus 300. Pittsburgh plus 380. Cleveland plus 450. Cincinnati now has fallen to 35 to 1 to win the AFC North. Is I guess the question is, is that Ravens price, is it too short? Like, would you still leave minus 300? But I thought 190 was too short with Burrow in there. I mean, I, I said it was over. Yeah. Once they lost that game last night, and then on top of the the, the injury was factored into the 190, right? The the in the, the doubt with Burrow's wrist. You think so? I don't know. I'm yeah. I, I'm not into laying three to one, but I would be shocked that they don't win this division. I know their schedule isn't easy. No, it's the not Ravens easy. have a difficult schedule. Right. But if you had to choose between Pittsburgh, who's going to beat them now? It's probably the Steelers have the best shot. If it's <laughs> oh, right, right, right. right. When you look at schedules sure. and you look at it's probably and. Even if Cleveland won this game on Sunday against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and they're a one-point favorite, I still think down the road without Deshaun Watson, Pittsburgh probably has a better shot. Yeah, yeah. No, this game against the Eagles for Kansas City uh, is vital because home field advantage is everything. Okay, now you get Burrow out the equation. Buffalo's struggling right now. Um, the, the remaining schedule for uh, the Chiefs after this game against the Eagles, you got Vegas, you got Green Bay, you got okay. Buffalo, New England. Um, who's their quarterback? Uh, Vegas, Vegas again. Uh, now Cincinnati <laughs> and then the Chargers. It's like there's a path for Kansas City to have this home field advantage. So that, that could affect your bet if you're looking at Super Bowl odds or AFC Conference Championships and, and all, all kinds of scenarios. I mean, I would start looking at those future schedules down the stretch here, uh, and, and in particular in, in the AFC, uh, and really hone in or focus in on what you want to do with those futures. Right, will you be looking at Chiefs to win the AFC price right now? 
if they get home field, get the one yeah, seat this game, the this, I mean, this yeah. game against the Eagles, I, you know, if they get through this one yeah. and they look great, they cover and all that stuff, then, I mean, they obviously are talking about home field advantage and the AFC once again going through Arrowhead. Yeah. And for the Eagles, I mean, they have the, game, the lead right now, but they still have to go to Dallas if they lose this game, right? Dallas gave all they wanted at home. Yeah. When you talk about we'd, we want to host San Francisco in an NFC championship game and mm -hmm. not have to travel across the country and play there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we're coming up. We have about a couple minutes left in the I program want, I for want those your of you. Thought. But no, I, I want to give my thoughts. I just want to let me give uh, people an update. Joe Burrow, of course, out for the yeah. season for our listening audience who's just tuning in right now. That's why we're having this discussion. You can ask your question. Yeah, I want to say, first of all, congratulations to you on your pick because there was a lot of analysis when you said it was your favorite play of the year with the 49ers oh, the Niners. Yep. And, mm -hmm. and why, you know, it was. But it, it won very easily. You're right, also, with Arizona. Mm -hmm. I want your take because you're the net, probably the network's lead. Um, um, bear fan when when it when, uh -oh. <laughs> me, me and the monsters of the midway <laughs> when, when it, you, you get fields back does that make a big factor in your play this week you still believe in fields i still believe in fields and does that compel <laughs> you i believe in fields you're I believe the biggest in bear fan with fields does this compel a bet for you this week well it did to where i teased detroit yeah. Like, because I, I think yeah. if feel if it's Beijing, yeah. we're probably still sitting at ten. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Fields is playing, the line has then moved now to seven and a half. So Fields, his return has created a valuable bet in my eyes, at least, to where hey, Detroit down to one and a half. Yeah. I would be not stunned because it's the NFL. I'd be pretty surprised if if the Lions lose this game. Like I, mm. I, I, laying one and a half, I feel pretty comfortable with that with the Detroit Lions. So are you a Bears fan or a Justin Fields fan? I, mean, I, I, I just think that Fields is better. I think he's better than everybody says. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, like everyone's like, oh, this guy's Justin terrible, Fields this fan. and that. Yeah. He's a Fields. Fields yeah. believer. I don't like to say apologist because there's a negative connotation to apologist. <laughs> but Fields be believer. Believer. Yeah. Believer. I'm not even, I mean, he believer. doesn't help my team. I'm a Dallas Cowboys you fan. You have futures yeah. tickets on Fields? I have none. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, okay. I don't even win money MVP off of this MVP Justin. One other thing. We didn't talk Survivor since our buddy Pritch is out. Yeah, we'll yeah. pour one but out. a lot of people will be forced to, to make this choice. 290 still have the commanders okay. at home to the Giants. Everybody basically has Jacksonville mm -hmm. and Houston. Those three games, what's your order for Survivor? Oh, my uh, gosh. I'd, I'd, commanders. I'd stay away from Houston. I'd stay away, yeah, I'd stay yeah, away from commanders. Houston. I'd go Jacksonville. Go I'd Jacksonville? use commanders if I had them. If I'd I didn't, commanders. I'd go yeah. Jacksonville. Washington. Yeah. 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 Would you maybe use Denver? Ooh, boy. That's why I got knocked out week two. That's, that's too zigzaggy. <laughs> that's, that does it for us. For Mike Ball, Mike Pritchard, I'm Femi Benfei saying so along. Sharp Money's coming up next on VEASAN. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.